Hey everybody, welcome to the future of photography. Uh, my name is Adrian. I nearly forgot my own name then. My name is Adrian, I think. And with me this week are Jeremiah and Ema. Uh, Jeremiah, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, surviving the uh, fire air here in California. but And it's roastingly hot, but absolutely beautiful as well. So... Yeah, I go. saw saw the fires on the well, at least saw, saw saw them on the television. Yeah, not 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 looking very nice there, and increasingly frequently as well. Yes, uh, it's now become fire season here, just oh, like flooding season elsewhere or hurricane season in the south. So everybody's got something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. Uh, Ema, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm surviving the opposite of Jeremiah, freezing my butt off, and it's just really been raining all day today. Yeah, welcome to winter. So, plenty of rain. Get cold. up, get up in the dark to go to work. Come home oh, in the dark. <laughs> and clocks go back. Yes, clocks go back this weekend as well. Although, actually, that's that's as we record, of course. When by the time the show yeah. goes out, the clocks will have gone back already. But there we go. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll have adjusted. We will, well, yeah, look at it this way. It's an extra hour in bed on Sunday morning. Oh, yes. Unless you're going to get up and watch Wales play in the rugby match. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that in my plan, so I'll probably, probably be okay on that one. I'm sure many do, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, well, hey, there we go. So uh, this week, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this week's chat. Um, and I know Chris is a bit gutted he's going to miss this one because he really likes the technology stuff. And this one is a proper technology chat this week. Um, Chris still having uh, internet problems, so he sends his apologies. Um, I believe he has half a Deutsche Telekom uh, in his <laughs> moat over there at, at Castle Marquardt um, and uh, trying to figure out how many, just how many fibres they've cut. <laughs> <laughs> and why it's taking weeks to fix um but, yeah we'll hopefully have him back soon um but in the meantime uh our uh, our show this week our discussion this week um i picked up actually uh i get credit credit to Ped- petapixel uh where i picked this, this story uh although it relates to stuff from the massachusetts institute of technology uh so it is a proper tech show this week um some of you uh, listeners may may have seen it in, in the news, um, but this is a, a piece of research uh, where uh, if you uh, put into this new research algorithm uh, a, a photograph that has some uh, some movement uh, blur in it, um, it can turn that into a video. What do you think about that, folks? I think it's fantastic. Anything that transforms obscure uh, visual information into yet other forms of art entertainment information uh, just seems fantastic, both from a creative point of view and a, let's just say, medical point of view. Imagine if you could just get an X-ray instead of a CT scan and have all of that stuff so finely rendered and imagine what a CT or an MRI would do in terms of reading what goes on in one's body. Ooh. Of course, that may also be not so fun either. But um, I think the transformation, and of course, we have to wait and see how that in fact works. But I read that article as well and was uh, uh, immediately uh, smitten and wanted it in my toolbox now. 
<laughs> interesting. It is, it is really interesting. Um, you know, uh, just a quick recap for for people who who haven't seen it, uh, haven't had a chance to read it. Um, yeah, the the idea here is that if you take a photograph with a slow sl- shutter speed, gosh, that's quite difficult to say, a slow shutter speed, um, so that there is motion blur in different bits, and that could be um, traffic versus buildings and things like that, or people moving. Uh, the idea is that this software algorithm could take that and it could look at the th- it could look at the images uh, and okay, okay, so this bit is blurred, uh, therefore it is movement, therefore I need to animate this bit this bit is is uh sharp therefore is not moved during the shutter during the exposure and therefore does not need to be animated and in theory um they can you you can turn a single shot into in some limited way i guess uh, a video um which uh, is is awesome i think <laughs> but but i hadn't i hadn't thought about medical imaging jeremiah that's that's wouldn't wouldn't you want actual proper evidence for medical work? <laughs> like... Well, yeah, but I mean, if this takes a very kind of uh, sharp image that does not have any blur, what can it do to kind of further enhance uh, what's already information? So it's kind of it seems to me that it's creating information out of, I guess, visual hints. Right, that are that are somehow um, buried within the blur or uh, obfuscation of certain parts of the image, and building based on context, light, uh, and contrast, and form. That's that's my assumption. But if something was already pretty well done, would it take that and even go further? That's really what I'm getting at here. Mm. Yeah, in, in interest, interesting to speculate about. Yeah, hey, Amy, what's your take on all of this? Though? Is it? You know, I was actually reading the other article that you shared with us. That was from MIT as well. But in you were saying there, um, it's actually like a machine learning, and it learns the patterns, and that it learns that um, apparently when um, the model was walking, that they used they got. 24 frames of a person walking from still image and that um, the machine actually learned that, you know, the light would be in a certain place. And as it did more, it learned more, which is going really down the road of make you a little bit nervous road of how, you know, the, you know, that kind of learning of artificial intelligence. That's really interesting and, and slightly scary, isn't it? It, it is it's both i think I mean, it, yeah so it's, yeah very <laughs> I mean, contradictory feelings about that yeah it, <laughs> it, the, the, yes uh, i think it makes me want to 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 run away and read a philip k dick novel or something like that you know <laughs> but it, it, it it's or, or or avoid them actually maybe um, and and stop letting people make movies based on his books but <laughs> but the it, it, the, the in, yeah the the whole learning thing is interesting because of course in order to to um and we're talking about extrapolation here so this is this is not yeah, interpolation yeah, yeah. this is mm. extrapolation and in, so to extrapolate you've got to make so you've got to be able to recognize what you're looking at and and understand how those things may or may not move in the real world 
Um, in, interestingly, on in the Petapixel article, um, the 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 leading image is a street scene in New York, and lo and behold, what is it that's blurred? But it's a yellow cab, right? <laughs> so, so in the world of algorithmic, uh, uh, you know, um, artificial intelligence, I would imagine that a New York cab is probably the low hanging fruit, right? <laughs> <laughs> See a cityscape with a yellow blurry thing. It's probably going to be a cab. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's if it's actually also reading the kind of the information in terms of uh, location based or, um, you know, those kinds of you know what kind of camera when it was taken, all of that. What do you call those? What do you call that information? Metadata. Um, Metadata. Yes, I should know that by now. <laughs> I've heard of that. Anyway, it's taking that metadata and is that using some kind of logic to assume if the picture was taken in New York uh, at noon on this date and there was a yellow car, that gives it a pretty good idea that it's a New York-based cab and then it can con- construct it based on those assumptions. So I'm again, I'm wondering if it's just purely algorithmical or if it's there's data that applies to the um, extrapolation of the data into a visual image. Mm. Yep. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Way over my head now. <laughs> so yes, so, so we're, we're, we're quickly uh, get very quiet. quickly getting into the science of it all, aren't we? <laughs> and it, it is. It's. Uh, I, I guess. I guess with all these things that you know, the the more data you have in in, in your source, uh, then uh, the more accurate you can be with the extrapolation. Um, just to, I'd just like to have a quick check back. Um, uh, and uh, Jeremiah, I'll ask you to listen very closely to this next bit and correct me if I get it wrong, um, because I, uh, I'm going to stray into your area of experience and expertise. I think a little bit, but it, yeah, the, the the reason I yeah <laughs> yeah so be careful yeah the, coming to you next okay so listen I didn't think I had any. <laughs> <laughs> Enter at your own risk. Well, moving images and all that. You've done. You, 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 you've you've taken a few moving images in your time. So, so the yeah. You know, the I I I used the word uh, a couple of minutes ago. The word extrapolation uh, as opposed to interpolation because. You know, many, many video codecs uh, that are used today for, for all sorts of, of uh, motion graphic applications um, are actually uh, do actually interpolate. Well, uh, by, by which I mean that they will take um, they will take a full record of, of a frame uh, of an image um, at various different um, uh, time gaps, and then they will interpolate uh, to when, when they save the the image. They say save the video files as it were um they'll just note the changes so so every fifth frame for example might be recaptured in in, in its entirety uh but then the intervening four frames uh really you're just capturing the delta the changes between that and the last mm-hmm. one um and and that is a that is a, a very common way of uh reducing the file sizes of, of your video or film that you're making um, sure. But but of course that's all interpolation, right? Um, yeah, there, there's a start point and an end point, and uh, and so you, you, you're bounded. You have a constraint. Um, this appears to be 
Uh, oh, by the way, there's a clue that, that that's a clue, by the way, to the show title for this week. Um, and there's a link in the show notes uh, to, to uh, an article uh, where it's uh, an article on, on a website called DSLRVideoCollege.com, um, which actually describes uh, what, what I've referred the, the term I've used in, in the show title, which is all I. Um, I won't go into that in too much depth here, but uh, but but go go read up on the technical stuff if it's, if it's of interest. Um, the. What we appear to have here is proper extrapolation. Uh, you know, my reaction to that is always when I um, discover some new approach to um, reevaluating a an image taken one way um, in in its ability to be transformed into yet another image, which is really what we're talking about, right? We're talking about take a blurred image make a sharp image, um, take a film uh, still that has lots of motion blur and create a tack sharp photograph from it. Well, I'm, I'm always interested in how that is going to be applied artistically so that um, is there a, a way to kind of reduce the um, user complexity to doing something very simple the way Photoshop, say, allows us to make masks. You know, early on, we'd, we'd have to draw in a painstaking way around what we perceived was the edge uh, of a subject. Um, now there's a button where you go, you know, click, and it takes a pretty good guess at what the subject is, and then gives you a set of tools to kind of narrow, add, subtract, and hone in to the actual edge. That kind of, um, is, is that's really a, a form of um, extrapolation because it's extrapolating where the tonal and luminance ra color ranges shift, even on a pixel level. Uh, and saying this is different than that um, and allows you to kind of create a, you know, a mask yeah. uh, or an outline or something. So if you take that, you know, a step further, which is this is the whole image um, and it's just a complete wash of color. Uh, is that a forest? Is that from a moving car? Is it a building site? Uh, is it, you know what is it? Um, is it because my shutter speed was slow, or is it because my uh, vehicle speed was fast? I mean, will it be able to know the difference? Mm. Uh, so, uh, as it applies to, I guess, creativity in general. That's where it starts to really get interesting for me because I want to know what are the limitations of the piece? Was it designed for science or was it designed for art or was it just designed because it's there and can be done? All of these will have certain DNA of this algorithm built in that allows you to kind of freestyle into some very interesting, um, I think, creative process and uh, scientific, medical, etc. Of course, you know, it can be used for for evil as well. 
I mean, we because I, I believe I read the article when it came out, and I think it, you know, they're even talking about people disappearing behind corners um, that are able to be reconstructed in terms of who they are, how they move, mm. so that as we've discussed on this show before, in terms of of uh, you know cameras that record everything, if you are recording the world or your world in 8K, you know, wide VR. Um, will you have any privacy at all, um, you know, whether you go out or in, especially with security cameras inside now homes and, um, you know, self-driving cars with all kinds of cameras built in? And I mean, our, our entire existence will be recorded. And when we turn a corner where for a split second there won't be a camera, it will be easily um, extrapolated so that a complete record of our movements uh, wherever we go will be forever recorded. Which, which of course, is not an issue if you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> and, and whether you're doing something wrong is generally something that you don't decide. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> Unless you're a lawmaker. Anyway. Uh, it, it, it is it, it is interesting what can be done with it i mean so like one of the things that i thought about this is um uh have either of you uh, have either of you ever expect not experimented yeah experimented with instead of taking a still photo taking two or three seconds of video maybe because you want to capture the ambience of a, of a place rather than just a particular snapshot yeah. image yeah, yeah, totally. So, so oh well, well t- tell us, Ema, go on. Uh, yeah, what what sort of things have you done that with? I would do that just quite a bit with I don't know raindrops. If I like the sound of them, I want to get the sound as well as the, you know, the kind of blur of the raindrops. Or I I kind of would do that at the back door and you know of the house. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, or just you know, light and shadow of something falling on a wall. Um, that had nice sort of moving sunlight or something yeah just little things like that little moments yeah and i've I've done similar actually um Mm -hmm. uh, i think a a good one for me is is the seashore yeah you know just you know it it could be especially if you're if you're taking a relatively minimalist image and for me i think these things work best in a in a fairly quiet composition you know where if you may be taking a picture of uh of the beach uh but actually you 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 could take a short video instead two or three seconds not because Mm. i ever intend to edit it into anything you know just just because it's 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 a little snippet that that stands alone yeah and I, i wondered whether whether this technology might be useful for something like that you know well i mean there are there are people um i think i mean i don't I don't actually do that because if I want to do something moving, then I take something that is uh, motion and still is still. So I I make a very distinct uh, differential in my head. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm on a set and I'm shooting, um, especially digitally um, and, and 4K at least, I will often ask the DIT, the uh, digital technician to pull me frame stores of all my setups 
and uh, send them to me. And often there will be like some really beautiful imagery that I can manipulate and change into a photograph. I, I don't, you know, usually show them except to my pals, but, but I think going the opposite way of taking something that is uh, created in the right lighting conditions. And, you know, when you're actively using a camera Mm -hmm. that effectively is for motion and then be able to take a still frame that is absolutely beautiful. However, you know, there are aesthetic differences that are significant in terms of motion blur and all manner of LUTs especially that need to be either enhanced or overridden. Um, so I don't usually do that, but but I do see the value uh, for some you know, I, fashion photographers, um, I, I have read using the the red camera uh, and just shooting it all basically uh, as a continual motion and then pulling the frames afterwards as doing something that uses the, you know, the immediacy. I'm, I'm wondering if sports photographers uh, will ever get there um, with digital um you know, because things happen so fast. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I do see out and about, I do see uh, advertising now. Um, you've prompted a memory of the other the other day. Uh, I was in Waterloo Station in London, and in one of the on one of the enormous video advertising boards they have in there, uh, there was essentially a fashion shoot. There were two models in dresses, um, and they were. Uh, they they weren't exactly dancing around. That's a little unfair. But 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 <laughs> they, they were swirling. They they were swir- swirling. What a marvelous word! <laughs> what a marvelous word! I'm enjoying that immediately. Uh, they were they were swirling around, and and the these are they're, they're, these are a little bit more than your average perfume advert. You know, which is you yeah. know uh, each shot in a perfume advert is what half a second long or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, this was actually you know two or three seconds a, a, a shot. So. So it, it you know it was edited at you know a, a, at a normal sort of cut rate if 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 that's even a term um but the you know it, it it it's something i've gotten used to in the last couple of years because you see it a lot now in in cities less so because where i happen to live outside the city uh there is there are fewer far fewer video advertising boards we're still on the old-fashioned you know paste them on a wall kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but uh you know especially walking around london you you get quite used to this you know the the the, the sight of a a, a, <coughs> a, a a portrait video you know a nine by 16 video of, of people pretending to to be in a fashion suit shoot as it were it's quite quite common in london these days <laughs> um yeah and it's yeah it, it, it's 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 an interest it's interesting stuff because i was trying to think you know as per our um, frequently although less frequently recently we should bring it back more our frequently asked question what does this mean for the future of photography i was trying to think how i could use this stuff how I could use these intelligent or semi-intelligent uh, extrapolation algorithms. And I thought, well, if I'm going to shoot, you know, if I had a camera that just, if if I had the wrong camera with me and I couldn't shoot video, but I could shoot maybe three or four frames per second, could I upload it into an application or a website or something and get back a 24p video? 
Well, yes, you could. I mean, now, you know, there's a lot of applications that um, encourage or enhance or make it very easy to do GIFs, right? Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. So that that's a whole process. And there's another, oh, my God, what's it called? It starts with a P. You know, it, just in terms of taking a still image and making some of it still, some of it moving. Oh, um, yeah. Like the um, warp kind of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, like uh, a, you know, a cinemagraph, is that is what they call yeah, it? Yeah, a cinemagraph, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so there's that. There's all manner of, of um, you know, of ways to kind of blend the kind of moving and still. But, you know, you start to think about, I'm just like I go back to the deep state. Maybe that's the culture <laughs> that's being visited upon me daily. Not that I believe there is one, but I wish there was one. Um, of, of, you know, police body cams that are supposed to be on 24-7 all the time, often in, you know, very subjective conditions, both lighting or motion or, you know, they're not being uh, used to enhance or create a loving frame in most cases uh, but how you take that especially into a courtroom and extrapolate uh, an image that has a legal consequence would be very interesting and I only you know I, I take that as a kind of a side slide from what you were saying Adrian which is you have the wrong camera, which is taking a few frames every second. How do you make that into something? Well, yeah, to be fair, I don't think I actually own one of those cameras. <laughs> 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 I think all the cameras I, well, I mean, ah, now how, how about this? How about if you had a film camera with you? That, 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 that might be a use case for this. If I could, if I could, if I could zip, zip off a couple of, uh, of frames of film, uh, I suppose that might be a real world scenario, but. I mean, is that a motor drive? I don't think I ha actually, do you know what? I don't think I have a film camera with a motor drive. So I'm probably just making that up. If I did have one though. <laughs> And I, you shoot film too. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I, uh, yeah, I do. Um, uh, but uh, I don't have any. I don't have any cameras with a motor drive. But the uh, it's yeah. So so I, I I'm I'm trying to think of um yeah we're, we're, yeah we, we've talked a, a bit about the stuff that you know uh, oh, about sorry. things like um, uh, medical imaging and we've talked about uh, and and projections and things like that but and i'm not sure that in in my own hobbyist photography way that i particularly have a, a use case for this so so i'd be interested to hear actually be interested to hear from any of our listeners um if if anybody uh would have a, a use case for this i mean I, I know how i would use it honestly like if i if I could download this, I would immediately, you know, go out on the street and just start shooting abstractly, knowing that when it was all put together, it wouldn't really look like anything mm -hmm. that I had anticipated. That's what I'm in many ways counting on, that it would be reality, but tweaked. It would be a version of New York City with a ah, version okay. of the yellow cab. It wouldn't really be the recreation of the moment, the decisive moment that you would have shot. That makes me extremely um, 
excited in terms mm-hmm. of what that means. Because uh, as both of you know, you know, I, I like to bend reality or perceptions of reality, whether I, if I'm shooting outside with my cameras, then when I process the work and print it, there is a I guess, an unreal quality to it. And when I'm working digitally with polygons, I try to make that as realistic as possible. <laughs> you know, it'd be way so, easier if you did those the other way around, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they would have to get out of bed. Just imagine the images you can make if you did them the right way around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never thought of that. <laughs> My work is now over. So, so okay. So, so where you're talking now, there, there is what I, I just a phrase that sprung for for no reason really into my mind. What you're talking about there is serendipitous abstract video. <laughs> In terms of the capture, it would be very loose. In other words, I'd I'd want it to be very loose. Recently, yeah, I've been yeah. playing with a lot of slow shutter speeds, and and you know, uh, ten stop NDs, and you know, uh, you know, uh, adjusting frame rates from you know a second to a quarter second, and just how to move the camera ever so slightly, or you know, aggressively, in order to kind of create a a you know a sense of not really motion, but but a painterly abstraction. Mm. And, but what I, you know, with the thinking that I would kind of combine something that I would shoot still properly and something that I would shoot with the ND, you know, in motion and combine them and see what flavors I get out of that. I haven't uh, done that yet, but, but I think it would lead me to kind of look at the world in, again, unexpected ways uh, through the lens of this new technology, which, after all, isn't that what photography is supposed to bring to those of us who use it in a kind of uh, committed way is another way of looking at the world, of looking out, you know, into a garden and seeing a lot more potential visually than just leaves on a tree or light hitting a branch, but actually being able to kind of personalize it and and really interpolate it and extrapolate it, I think are both really exciting ways of reimagining the world um, and then feeling um, excited by it. And so it brings a real kind of energy to photography. Mm. Interesting stuff. Ema, what about you? What what use cases could you see for you? I think the, the medical use of it would be really, really an amazing thing. And um, they they reckon that they could put an X-ray through their process, scan it through their process and pull a lot more information out of an existing X-ray, which is very interesting um, considering how difficult and expensive scans are. It could be used in, you know, poor places perhaps to help with that but will it be that's the question so i i don't know i'm slightly suspicious of it but jeremiah makes it sound so um so much fun to play with and i just think oh my goodness you must have loads of time for play <laughs> it sounds like a whole pot of fun <laughs> 
<laughs> Hint, my kids are working now. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yes. <laughs> my children have lives of their own, and that that is uh, significant. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't have enough time in the day to do everything I need to do, but like I said, there's still a reason for me to get out of bed rather early and, and you know, keep pushing on this as yeah. much as I can. So yeah. um, it's also... I think all of us feel the more you do it, the easier it is to continue to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, when you stop doing it, if I've stopped printing, for example, for a long time, it I, I, it takes me a long time to get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, so I, I tend to work in kind of chunks of, say, 20, 25 images at a time, and then I'll give it a big rest, go do yeah. another project. Um, but when new technology kind of emerges, whether it's a new kind of camera or or a new film or an old recreated film, um, these are things that really, they're not, it's not that I'm um, inspired to use them just because they're new. It just mm. gives me an excuse to go, oh, yeah, um, for example, I'll talk about this in my pick a bit, but, but uh, Ilford is about to introduce a new ortho film i'm sure adrian you're super excited about that <laughs> do you know what the uh we we spoke uh not not me but my colleague graham on sunny 16 podcast uh he did a big interview that show went out today actually as we record oh. that um yeah. or, um talking to the guys from ilford about their new products they got a, a whole slew of stuff coming out this week uh there's new paper there's new film yeah. there's new uh new cameras uh it's all so so anybody anybody who's interested in hearing more about uh, uh straight from the mouths of ilford themselves uh listen to go listen to sunny 16 episode 174 or something like that anyway yeah um, but i mean just hearing about that go oh, like yeah i'll take my you know six by nine fuji camera and load it with this ortho film and it's an excuse to take the the machine out into the world and look at it in a different way through that orthochromatic sensibility with a big negative and you know the subjects all all shoot are different than if i go out for a walk with my infrared camera you know you know i i I try to use the technologies whether they be software based or hardware based um or capture based in terms of film as as a kind of um excuse to just a different lens to see the world well that's uh you know a, a pretty good segue there we, we we probably should start uh start wrapping up the show and and i know we've got some picks of the week that we could we could slide seamlessly into uh Ema, what's yours <laughs> Uh, my pick of the week, as we were talking about seeing the world differently, is um, a book that I picked up in the charity shop today, and I'm really happy with it. And it's called The Tao of Photography, and it's by a guy called Tim Ang. And it's like a photography manual, but um, like using the philosophy of the Tao to um, kind of help you to, to see things differently. And, you know, it kind of goes into moment by moment and... There's loads of lovely, beautiful images in it. Um, I, I have no idea who this man is or it, it literally, it just was jumping off the shelf at me today. So um, I, who's the, I'll just look for the publisher here. Um, Mitchell Beasley is on it. That must be the publisher's name. Beautiful book. Um, look it up. I'm sure it's 
available secondhand <laughs> just as I found it. But I'm looking forward to um, just using it myself. And I know this book. I have this uh, this book on my Kindle. Really, it's beautiful. Yeah, book. yeah just yeah. Uh, one there's of those another one. Things. There's another one you may like called Zen Camera. Which okay. Is, it's called Creative Awakening with a Daily Practice in Photography. Oh, yes, very yeah, good. That would suit go. me. Very well indeed. Yes. Yeah, lovely book, lovely book. So um, <sighs> anybody out there want to look it up, go for it. Cool. Okay. So, Jeremiah. Well, <laughs> I guess it's time for me. Uh, I'm going to do something that is connected to, I'm going to pick something that is very connected to what we've been talking about and this is it's a website and it's called i2s the letter i the number two and the letter s and it's dot fr so it must be a french company what they say they do is imaging and machine vision solutions tailored to your needs they've been doing this a long time and in terms of kind of interpolation, extrapolation, they seem to make all kinds of bizarre and interesting cameras. For example, robust cameras, cameras for harsh environments, terahertz cameras for terahertz imaging solutions. I have no idea what that is. It just looks really <laughs> industrial imaging solutions. All cameras, 1D, 2D, 3D, swirl IR. What's a 1D camera? I, I, I think it's a straight line, isn't it? <laughs> Only take straight lines. <laughs> they make very high resolution cameras. Uh, and they say, foreseeing the smallest details. Anyway, it's uh, it's a rabbit hole. Um, but it's absolutely fascinated, fascinating, and and I think it would be a very interesting cousin to the MIT <laughs> algorithms. Mm -hmm. So uh, I encourage you just to kind of hop on that website, uh, which is i2s.fr, and just look at what they offer. Most of it uh, completely. Um, Interesting, bizarre. They make lenses, uh, lights, but all focused on very specialized image taking. Mm. Yeah, inter interesting stuff. God, yeah, the, the, you're right that it's a rabbit hole. I, I, I could, mm. I could get lost in this website and forget to close out the show. So I'll, I'll try to <laughs> tear, tear my eyes away from it. <laughs> and and I have uh, for my pick of the week this week. I have plainly and simply a new camera um uh and and the the camera in question is the the fuji x pro 3 and, and i have to admit i don't quite know what to make of this camera um uh, uh it has uh it's it's defining features uh it's a fuji x pro so one of its defining features is it has both an optical viewfinder and uh, a digital viewfinder an electronic viewfinder and you can choose which to use uh and uh, another of its defining features which is, is what makes it newsworthy i suppose is that it's its rear lcd screen um is designed mostly to be folded away um and and, and be difficult to use um uh to to encourage people to to only use a viewfinder rather than a screen um 
make make of that what you will there are already tons of videos out on youtube about this and lots of comments in blogs and stuff like that so yeah i'm sure everybody's heard about this but you know the, i guess the one positive thing you could say is it's certainly generating a lot of eyeballs for fuji at the moment <laughs> is is it a uh, four thirds or is it a full frame uh no all the fujis are apsc apsc yes so um yeah so yeah, so it's a a one point five crop. I mean, I shoot Fujis myself, and I I really like them. Um, uh, but it's uh, it, this one this one is going to be a Marmite camera. You're going to love it or hate it, basically. <laughs> From the sound of it, it it sounds absolutely fantastic. A- any camera mm-hmm. that allows or encourages the photographer to take a deep breath, look through a viewfinder, mm-hmm. find the edges of the frame, even focus. You know, again, I think um, delivers a very different experience than holding up your, you know, a camera uh, and looking at a screen. It's just a different experience. And having a camera that allows you to do both, I think, is very, very good. Um, And I, you know, I, again, shoot with Leica. So I'm very used to that. You know, I can... On my Q, uh, Q2, I can use the screen, I can use a viewfinder, it doesn't really matter, and it just really depends on what I'm doing and when. Mm, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. Everybody everybody will have their own views about that one, but I think it's worthy of a mention just because it's just, just because it makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new camera, you got to celebrate it. It, looks, it looks good too. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, it it will be a great camera. It, 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 it but uh, yeah, I think you need to 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 jump in with both feet and 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 accept it for what it is, rather than lament it for what it isn't. Um, yeah, because there are plenty of cameras that are all very samey. So, um, well done, Fuji, for launching something that may not sell a bundle of of units, but but is interesting and thought provoking. Anyway. Do you think- do you, by the way, do we think that the the kind of innovation in cameras is slowing or increasing? Well, according to your French website, I'd say it's increasing. But that's probably not <laughs> what you meant, is it? <laughs> not really. I mean, uh, you know, if I want to shoot something that only has a wave band range from 100 gigahertz to 10 terahertz i know where to go to buy that camera <laughs> <laughs> what exactly are you going to shoot with that but, i don't know i don't understand um so so my my uh, my concise answer to that is yes but not in the normal cameras that we talk about specialty cameras yeah uh yes um not not in your average well i need a new slr because i haven't bought one for 18 months mm-hmm. <gasps> <Yeah>. <gasps> <Shock>. uh, <laughs> oh yeah sorry we're called the future of photography all of those all, all of those sponsorship deals in the pipeline have now suddenly you know, turned to vapor haven't they <laughs> oops <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, we should probably close the show before I do any more harm to our long-term revenue prospects. <laughs> uh, we have been uh, the future of photography. Uh, great to talk to you guys this week. Uh, and uh, you can find us on the web. Uh, we are on Twitter, TFOP now, T-F-O-P now. Uh, or even better, start with our website, thefutureofphotography.com. Uh, any any last thoughts, Ema? Um, 
No, I think. <laughs> Jeremiah, any other business? Uh, I'm sure I do, but I can't remember them now. So <laughs> let's say goodbye and uh, see you next week. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. See you next week. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.